BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV, and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me. Life-changing moments, life-changing people. Because on With Wit, very little is off-limits. Hi, everyone. Welcome to With Wit. To those new here, thank you so much for joining this ride. I am so happy to have you, and I really thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. I'm so proud of and grateful for this project. It really has been such a learning experience for me and something that I struggled with a lot, and I feel like I'm catching my stride. So just thank you for your patience and your support. And to my avid listeners, thank you for sticking by me these past several years. Honestly, if it weren't for you, I wouldn't do this. The show would not happen. So thank you. Thank you. I had a very insightful conversation with a fellow Dear Media podcast host, Topsy Vandenbosch. Topsy is a mindset and emotional intelligence coach and consultant and a licensed mental health therapist. She's worked with everyone from inmates to Fortune 500 CEOs. And if there's one thing she knows from this vast experience that she's had working with people from all backgrounds, it's that our mindsets can make or break the success we experience. How we think really affects how we feel, which impacts how we behave. She is the host of Crush the Mindset Spiral, a podcast designed for business owners ready to turn their self-doubt into inner belief, their fears into fuel, and their obstacles into opportunities. Here is the awesome Topsy. Let's just start off by just like introducing yourself and and tell us how you got started in the work that you're doing and, and what it's led to now. Yes, absolutely. So my name is Topsy Bannenbosch. I am a mindset and emotional intelligence coach for business owners. And I help business owners identify the source of the negative thought patterns that's really keeping them stuck in entrepreneurship and keeping them feeling like they don't belong in the room and that they don't belong in this world because entrepreneurship is really difficult. So I help business owners cope with difficult emotions that come up as you're navigating your business and also navigating navigating through life. And I started off as a, I, I am a licensed mental health therapist. Right now I am licensed in Michigan only. I'm from Michigan. Hello. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> I'm from Michigan and I am a transplant to the greater LA area. I live in Orange County currently. Me and my husband, we moved here in 2020 and I have been in the human services field since 2011. So it's been a long time. I've worked with every population underneath the sun. When I was a practicing licensed therapist, I worked in community mental health. I worked on the front lines with individuals struggling with substance abuse and co-occurring mental health issues and disorders. I have worked with the youth in juvenile justice and the criminal justice system, criminal unjust system. (laughs) That's a whole nother story. But I did work in the juvenile justice system and that was probably one of my most favorite jobs ever. I helped with developing this inpatient residential substance abuse program at a youth facility. Yeah. So I feel like I, I feel like a cat that's lived like (laughs) 
nine lives. (laughs) It's so amazing. But I feel like when you're coaching entrepreneurs, it's so important to have that real life experience. Right. Right. Yeah. I agree. It's like, absolutely. For me, when I was getting into fashion, I, I decided not to go to fashion school and I thought, okay, I was like, well, I can just learn by doing right. Like, I love that. Yeah. And so, I mean, part of me wishes that I had a little bit of the technical experience. I understand. Yeah. Yep. yep. But I think that being an entrepreneur is all about like riding through the waves and experiencing the ups and downs and then figuring out how to mold yourself to a job that's like a little bit of uncharted territory, you know, because it's like your yep. own personal thing and you do it your way and there, yeah. you do it. Yeah. And so it's just, it's, it's really, I think it's great for you to have had all, I mean, I, not that you need for me to tell you that it's no, great, I appreciate you. but like yeah. it is, it is really cool to have all this different experience. So being an entrepreneur, like yes, you were, we're working for ourselves and sometimes we feel obviously like we only get out as much as we put in yes. and that can be a big load on our mental yeah. health. Was there like a moment in your life that you can recall that sparked the passion to get into mental health and to really like to pair it with career coaching? Yeah. So I grew up in a household with a family that loved Jesus and loved people. Mm -hmm. And my mom is a clinical social worker as well. And so I really saw firsthand the power of caring about people and what you could do to help people become more resourced and helping them thrive and helping them live the life, the abundant life that I believe that God designs us all to live. And I first saw that example in my mom. My dad had a degree in sociology and he is currently vice provost at Spelman College. And so I just grew up in a home where we just love people and we study people and we understand people. And so that's where that love started. And then I went to college to undergrad. I went to a private liberal arts institution in Michigan and I thought I was going to major in business. And I had to take an algebra class and it was a disaster. It was, I I fell asleep every day. I do not understand numbers. Like it was all gibberish. I had the same experience. I literally, I went to college and I thought I was going to be a business major. And then I had to take microeconomics. And And you're like, I was like, no freaking way. (laughs) So then I switched to fine arts and was able to like fuel my creativity. But I totally get that. It's You get it. Like it sounds good in theory, but then you're like, I'm not, I'm, this isn't me. Like I thought it was going to be fun. I did not think that you needed to know about math. Like I was like, what relevance yeah. does algebra have to being a business owner? This is stupid. So I ended up, my parents sat me down. They got my report card <laughs> that quarter. And my parents sat me down and they were like, honey, it's, it's time to choose a different major. <laughs> and so I, uh, they were like, what about social work? You love people. And I'm like, oh God, okay, I'm going to try that. And it just, it, it just clicked. Everything made sense. I thrived in all of my classes. I only had to take that actual algebra class that I passed like barely. I barely passed it. And that was the only math credit that I needed. And then I was able to move on. And so I ended up going to get my master's degree at Michigan State. Go green, go white. <laughs> I got my master's degree in clinical social work from there. So what sparked my love for mental health was when I I interned at a community mental health and I would provide therapy to individuals struggling with severe to persistent and mild to moderate mental illnesses. Mm -hmm. So I got to... I got to just see what it's like to just do therapy with people who were struggling. And I loved it. I loved being able to also provide them resources. They came in for therapy like once a week and it was just incredible. And so after that, I decided, you know what, I, this is, this is exactly what I'm supposed to do. So I got into the human services field after that. And I decided to just be a therapist and to go and to go for it. And so I worked in so many different situations, but the moment that happened where I decided, you know what? but I can expand this impact. Like I was just so sick of working in these corporate nonprofits for the most part, but in these corporate environments where 
I felt like I had to focus more on paperwork and like all of the other stuff. And I couldn't really focus and serve my clients the way I wanted to. I ended up joining a group therapy practice. My last job, I worked at the prison, an adult men's prison. I lasted for nine months. It was, it was, I learned a lot, but it was horrific. Horrific. I don't believe that. I mean, it's such an oppressive environment. I, I wouldn't wish it on my enemy. And I ended up joining, deciding to do my own thing and become a business owner. But I needed to learn the ropes about therapy and like having your own therapy practice because I had never done that. So I joined a group therapy practice and I was there for, I think, about a year and a half. And then I started my own. I had my own office and I was seeing patients. I got filled up within eight months and they told me it would take a few years to fill up my therapy practice. And I was like, nope, I don't got I don't got years. <laughs> this is entrepreneurship. <laughs> I am bleeding money. I need to make money quick. I need to make money within you know a year. Otherwise, I'm going to have to go back to corporate. And so I noticed that I would get people who wanted to work with me, but it was more so on business related stuff and not they weren't necessarily struggling with anxiety or depression or something I could bill insurance for because I was on insurance panels. What they wanted was coaching and I couldn't provide that. And I started really like really feeling after about mm, three years doing my private practice, I was like, what else is out there? How can I merge these worlds? How can I bridge the gap? How can I use the basis of my expertise to help business owners? Because I understand everything that comes along with building businesses and building a sustainable business. And so how can I use my skills to help people? And I just started Googling. So like to your audience, like if you're feeling unfulfilled or if you're feeling burnt out or if you're feeling like, you know what, there has to be more, there always is. You just have to be willing to just take a chance and be a student again. And so I started Googling and I found a therapist who turned coach. And I learned that there is this whole personal development world out there where people invest in coaching and they invest to learn how to cope with the demands of running a business. And I found my niche and I I ended up adding in coaching to a part of my revenue. And then I built my coaching and my therapy practice separately at the same time. And it has just been so rewarding to be able to not only help business owners with the mindset and emotional struggles of running a business, but also I know the difference between a mindset issue and a mental health issue. I know what that looks like totally. in entrepreneurship because there is a difference and a lot of people don't know that. Let's take a quick break for an ad. So school is going to be back in session before we know it. I don't want to think about it, but we have to be prepared. And I feel like Sunny is growing like a weed and is going to probably need a whole new wardrobe by the time school starts in September. I cannot keep up and neither can his wardrobe. It's easiest, honestly, if I can do a big haul from one place. And I recently went on to Macy's.com and found the cutest stuff for Sunny. They have everything you need from sneakers to t-shirts to dresses to shoes to pants. I recently got him the cutest Nike high top sneakers, a really great Tommy Hilfiger polo shirt because he's loving collared polo shirts right now, an Epic Threads camo print t-shirt, which he loves, a polo Ralph Lauren twill short, and an amazing Spider-Man t-shirt. Always got to throw in the Spider-Man stuff. He has more than enough Spidey merch, but I obviously am obsessed with him and it makes him happy. So I went for it. Macy's has outfits from brands like Levi's, Free People, and Mango that are so good that the kids will want to lay them out the night before like I used to do on the floor in like the shape of a human. And of course, no first day at school is complete without a cute backpack and new shoes. Macy's has the brands you love like Birkenstocks and Nike's. Are the kids heading to college? Get dorm room essentials like bedding, beauty blenders for the makeup savvy, and Fitbits to make good use of the campus gym at Macy's.com slash back to school. That's Macy's.com slash back to school to check out all this great stuff out. Now back to with wit. Let's talk about what most of these clients now are actually coming to you for. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. They're coming to me with imposter syndrome. They're coming to me with the fear that their business won't last. The fear that, you know, when there's a slow sales season or people aren't buying, what does this mean? Right. So being able to like forecast your income, right, like your recurring revenue each month, six months from now 
if, if you're not having the clients and the volume to support that revenue, it's really difficult. So I work with service-based business owners in how to handle the emotional roller coaster of entrepreneurship. So people are coming to me with maybe even feeling like everyone's copying and stealing their idea. And so they feel paranoid. Right you know, uh, that that their business is just on the verge of collapse because someone else is going to come out with something bigger, better. You know what I right. mean? And so it's this constant fear that your time in the sun is up. And yeah, I think and worry, a lot of worry, worry that they're doing things wrong, worry that they're not cut out for this. Self-sabotage. That's a big one. Self-sabotage. The other one is comparison and jealousy. Right. And allowing that to really affect the way in which you run your company. Yes. So as you all can see, there's just so many ways that our emotional health affects the way in which we behave and the way in which we make decisions. And then I decided to get my emotional intelligence certification, which basically is understanding how to manage not only your own emotions, but also how to help manage other people's that you're around because you need to understand how people express what they feel in order to know how to respond using emotional intelligence. And so, yeah, so like, it's just beautiful that I built this unique coaching and consulting practice that kind of encompasses all the things that people, you know, naturally struggle with, but just don't know that that there's a name for it. So anyway. Yeah, no, no, this is so, so amazing. So like, in getting into the depth of like emotional intelligence, can you first just explain to us like what that means and then like how that plays a part in the role of an entrepreneur? Yes. So emotional intelligence is your ability to be able to basically read the room, is being able to understand how other people express emotions, how you express emotions, and how that impacts the way that you feel and it impacts the way you perform. And so I work with a lot of the time CEOs and their teams and how to be a better leader, how to not allow your own personal you know, I, by the way, does your, does your podcast, do you guys cuss on the podcast? Yeah, totally I want to make cuss, sure. Totally oh, cuss. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know because I've, I've been holding back. No, this go for it. Fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> and this just feels so good. Okay. So I, I hope like CEOs become better leaders for their teams and learn how to manage better and learn how to not only manage the emotional piece of managing a team, but how to respond to conflict using their wisdom and emotion. So combining logic with emotion to be able to come to the best decision. And that's using your emotional intelligence. And so there are core leadership, emotional intelligence skills that I help business owners better develop so that they can relate better to people. They can lead better. They can serve better because a lot of people don't know what leadership really means. Right. 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 So it's the boss. So for instance, somebody that I've worked with, maybe they come into their maybe their digital work environment or physical work environment, and everyone automatically knows that they're in a bad mood. That's, that's not healthy. <laughs> that's not good, totally. right? Like that's not, or the, the boss that, you know, is very punitive and doesn't provide their employees like, you know, a space to grow and they are very quick to discipline or fire. Those are the environments that could benefit from having emotional intelligence training right. and workshops to be able to just enhance the employee culture. And so emotional intelligence is your ability to read the room and your ability to understand how the way we feel impacts the way that we behave. Uh It impacts the thoughts that we have. And so emotional intelligence really calls for you to use not only logic, but also taking inventory of emotions to be able to come to a good decision that makes sense and not just based off of how you feel. So hopefully that makes sense. So that's emotional intelligence. It totally does. I mean, I could have used my emotional IQ last week. I'm like reeling. I'm like reeling after this thing that I feel guilty about what my right hand Annie came over and I was sort of like in a stress place. I can't remember if it was something to do with Sunny or whatever. And I like should have just taken maybe five or 10 minutes to like breathe before she came in and got into work. But I didn't really check in with myself and to like my emotions. And we started working and I noticed myself getting a little bit short and like behaving in a way that I just was not proud of. And then I felt really guilty afterwards. And so I feel like, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, I felt guilty that I was short with her and that then I could feel like she wanted to maybe get out of the house quicker. And maybe 
maybe I'm making this up, Projecting, but right. like, but I, I should have, you know, in listening to this and already learning from you, like I, I yeah. should have paid a little bit more attention to my emotional needs so that I was able to be like a, a more positive, you know, boss. Yeah. Right. And, you know, and this is the beautiful thing when we're using emotional intelligence, the way we show up to our relationships mm -hmm. is like, it's not about perfection. Right. It's not about you because we don't because the certification I received, the training is you, you don't have low emotional intelligence. Everyone has the ability to develop it. So it's really like, are you demonstrating it? And is it as important? So if you say that it's important, are you demonstrating your values? Essentially, are you demonstrating it in the way that you're showing up? So that is, and so we, they take an assessment. Leaders typically take an assessment. I send them an assessment or I send their team and their team fills it out. Oh, <laughs> they fill it out and they, yeah. So it's really cool. It's really cool and different work. So so I added that into my practice, but the difference between mindset and mental health, yes, mindset is the way in which you're viewing something, your perspective is your perspective on anything. So if someone has the mindset that money is hard to make, I'm just throwing this out there as an example, if because so, I do believe money is hard to make, but if someone does have the mindset that money is hard to make and they don't believe that abundance is available to them, how are they going to behave? They're probably not going to pitch themselves for high income earning opportunities, or they're going to talk themselves out of it because they don't believe that it's possible. Mm -hmm. That is mindset work. Okay. Because it's unraveling the thoughts and the perspectives you have that are not rooted in the truth. They're rooted in your opinion. Mental health is how well you are functioning. How is this problem impacting the way in which you show up to your life? Is it affecting your relationship with your partner, with your kids? Are you going to therapy? Are you going to your job? Are you late to work? Mental health is really looking at the way that we feel emotionally. Is it affecting our anxiety? Is it causing a clinical issue uh -huh. that now you need to have managed maybe either by medication or by talk therapy. And so mental health is really looking at how the, how the impact of depression, anxiety, how that is impacting the way in which you are showing up to your life. How is it impacting the people that you're around and how is it impacting the way in which you feel about yourself and your ability to function? Mental health, functioning. So it affects your functioning. It affects your ability to live the life that you want to live your mindset is not affecting all of that. Right. It's not. It's only affecting this one little corner of your life. And you don't realize it until maybe you go to work. You know, you start work that day and you're like, man, I am just afraid that my business is just going to go under. That's not depression necessarily. It's not necessarily anxiety. It's your perspective. Right. But sometimes don't you feel like mental health kind of affects, obviously, how you are able to then process your emotional IQ and your mindset. I agree. Yes. So absolutely. And that's where people have to be. They have to know themselves. I have lots of clients that see me and they go to therapy and I'm able to talk to them about, Hey, this might be something worth bringing up to your therapist. Cause I can't address that in this session. So I focus with business owners on how their perspectives on topics are affecting the way in which they show up. And sometimes they're like, holy crap, now I'm connecting the dots. Right, right. Now this makes sense. So a lot of the time is about having two different perspectives that are still solving the same problem. Right. Which is the way in which you are seeing the problem and the way that you're seeing the world. And so that's the beautiful thing is that when you know yourself and you know that your mental health affects your mindset inside of your business, you get to have support for both, right? You get to have support for your mental health. You get to have support for your business mindset, right? Because the two are equally just as important. And so I think it's just been really cool to yeah. see how everything is connected. You can all, you can help people shift, you know, the way that they are looking at the world and therapists are incredible because they help people cope with and shift the way that they look at the world, but help them cope yes. with really deep seated traumas. And that's the other thing is that in coaching, you don't address trauma. Uh -huh. I don't. That's just not something that I address. I defer to the therapist for that. So 
yeah, the personal and professional development world is just so really, it's just so cool. And it's cool to see the, the overlap. Now let's hear about one of our amazing new brand partners. So I'm a big snacker. I always need snacks near me. And right now I have a container of nuts that lives in my front car seat. Seriously, I'm always looking for something new to add to the snack rotation, something quick, something easy, delicious, and filling. When I came across Perfect Bar, which I've loved for a long time before they were trendy, I was immediately obsessed. They're made with freshly ground peanut butter, organic honey, and 20 organic superfoods. Perfect Bar has protein bars and little snack size bars too that are all so good and good for you. My favorite flavor right now is the dark chocolate with sea salt. I'm a big salty person and this is just so amazing. Perfect Bar knows it will be love at first bite. So for a limited time, they're offering you a chance to try their refrigerated protein bars for free. Mine are sitting in my fridge right now and I'm definitely going to be bringing one to sunny for a snack. It's like something cold, refreshing, but also filling. So here's how it works. Sign up for email or text and upload a picture of your receipt from your local grocery store, and they'll reimburse you for the cost of one bar directly into your Venmo or PayPal account. Pretty cool, right? All you have to do is go to perfectsnacks.com slash wit to get a free perfect bar today. That's perfectsnacks.com slash wit to get a free perfect bar today and to get your amazing perfect bar snacks are so, so, so good. If you love peanut butter, go, go, go. Happy snacking. Okay, now back to my chat with Topsy. Okay. So you talked about when you're starting to work with someone, like the team fills out paperwork as well as like the leader or the boss, but like, Mm -hmm. which I think is so great because it's important to see what like the culture of the whole business looks like in order to really have a full picture of what's going on. Yep. But how does, how does someone start working with you? Like what are the first, yeah, like, yeah, not only logistically, just like the paperwork and whatnot, but how, what are like the first steps when you're getting to know someone and like trying to figure out where you can come in to really serve. Yeah. So CEOs, a lot of the time they have heard about me through the grapevine. Maybe they found me on social media. It just kind of depends because I'm just a connector with people. So word travels fast when you do really good work. And so they typically will go to my website, my website, um, topsyvandenbosch.com. It's so cute and so fun. I love it so much. I love it. I just got done with the rebrand so and it's cute. just, I saw it. It was, it was oh, so thank great. you. Yeah, thank so you so much. Oh my God. I appreciate you. So they'll come and then they'll fill out an application on my services, on my work with me services page. And I kind of ask them questions on the application to find out what is going on. Like, what is the current culture? How do you feel about your leadership? What do you believe needs to be improved? What are some of the struggles that your employees are having? For some, it's lack of trust <laughs> among the team. For others, it, it might be micromanaging. <laughs> Micromanaging is a really tough one because it relates back to trust and not believing that anyone can do it better than you. And also a lack of trust that other people have the capability to do it. Micromanaging, the other one might be maybe racial relations. Something awful happened in terms of maybe like racism, discrimination. Maybe the boss just really like the team, like their employees don't like them. And, and, you know, and they're like, how can I be a better leader? Because some bosses are just very technical, but they're not emotional at all. They don't use emotions, which is the whole point of my work is to show CEOs that you get to lead using emotions and logic. You can't have one without the other. You need both in order to make incredible decisions. But a lot of people struggle with that. And a lot of people struggle to trust their own leadership decisions that they make. And they are fearful that their employees are judging them. Right. And the decisions that they're making. I mean, girl, you you already know, like this is you. I mean, I'm guessing you have a team. You have a clothing company. It's just it's it's hard. It's hard to manage people. It's hard. It's it's all about it's maintaining healthy relationships because these relationships are so important because obviously they have 
they have an effect on your success and your self-worth and definitely your mental health. You know, like if a relationship isn't healthy and you have to be working with someone all day, that is going to affect your overall mental health. So nurturing your relationships and work is so, so, so important. I can imagine though it's hard for people who have bosses that they don't necessarily know like how to communicate with or like what to do if they're unhappy, you know, like what would you say to someone who, who is like an employee of, of someone that is, you know, on the more difficult side, like how to, how to go into a healthy mindset each workday. Yeah, I think it's honestly, I love to equip employees with the confidence. A lot of the time, it's when you're in a position of power, you don't always realize that the people that work for you, they are afraid sometimes to truly be honest about the workload, to truly be honest about, you know, the fact that they don't want to be working weekends, to truly be honest about the fact that they don't appreciate that you, you know, bring the whole environment down on a day to day. Mm -hmm. So I, what I love to empower employees and, you know, staff to do is to speak up, to speak up about the behavior that isn't, helpful and to be very clear. And it is scary. And you you might have to think about, okay, what's my plan B if this doesn't work out? Right. Who wants to confront their boss? But I don't believe that anything changes until something changes. You can't keep getting treated like shit and you don't deserve it. And these and these are just people and people get to learn. And when you know better, you do better. And so I like to empower employees to speak up and to, to be unapologetic about, you know, protecting their peace. And you're not a bad person. You're not a bad employee because you are confronting management. It doesn't need to be this awful conversation. That's the other thing. If management is, if they're leading with emotional intelligence, the conversation can be so beautiful. It's so true. You could, and it's all about how you probably start the conversation and the tone and what you say, you know, like I think that leading with like maybe a compliment first or something that makes you really happy about your job can kind of come first. And then you can say, but I have some things that like, I'd love to talk to you about. And I feel like if the boss isn't receptive to that, then over time, that may be something that you, an environment that you may not want to be in anymore. I mean, I remember for me, like I, I don't have the uh, typical job trajectory. Like I have never really had a boss per se. I went to college and then started filming this TV show while I was in college. And I remember watching my friends in our early twenties into late twenties have these insane bosses oh. that were just like pushing them to the limits. And especially like you know, you've heard all those horror stories in the fashion industry and how cutthroat it can be for something that's so silly. And so I had a lot of friends in that industry. And I remember saying to them, like, oh, my God, why aren't you talking to them? Like, how do you deal with this? How do you say yes to this? And I think that it's one of those things. I, I just have a hard time. Like, you know, in your 20s, you maybe think like, oh, this is something that I kind of have to deal with. Like, this is me paying my dues. But yes. I think that nowadays we're in a, a place where it is we have to speak up for ourselves. Like there doesn't there should never be an industry yep. or a work environment like that. Like no matter how cutthroat you think it is, right? Like, I agree. Unless yep. it's life or death. Like, I just, right. yeah, I just don't, I believe that there should always be uh, an environment where you're able to to speak up. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think that that, and I think when, what's cool about, you know, it, when, a, when a business owner decides to do emotional intelligence work with me, what's really cool is that when you do get feedback from your employees, the way the assessment is, is that it's very objective. And I also have a personal rule that it needs to be somebody that has worked in your company for at least six months before they can <laughs> talk about your performance totally. as their boss, that because it's sense. just not enough time yep. to really, you know what I mean? To actually develop an opinion that's valid. Yep. And so what's really cool is that there's so many things in place with this assessment tool where you're they're able to expand on their feedback and explain a little bit. And the questions are so structured that there isn't anything that isn't evidence-based that's going to be in there. So it's 
this is this is how important this is to my boss that I see them demonstrating it. But this is this is how often or this is what my boss thinks is important, but they don't demonstrate it. And so they're able to provide actual examples of situations that happened where it would have benefited the boss to make a different decision. And so it's very objective feedback. It isn't scary the way that people think it is. It's honestly very eye-opening if you're open to, you know, just working on yourself. But yeah, so anyway, so yeah, the emotional intelligence side is so much fun, but I also love just coaching, you know, the business owners on mindset and how to how to get through entrepreneurship because it's it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, and so what are some of the emotional regulation skills that you can use as a business owner and maybe for people out there that are listening that aren't business owners but that are obviously have jobs, like when when life gets hard, when work gets hard, like what are some actual skills we can use to regulate our emotions. Yeah. I mean, you get to, I like to do progressive muscle relaxation. So I like to start at my feet and like the bigger muscles and I like to tighten them for about 10 seconds and then, and then release. And then I go up to my calves and I tighten my calf muscle for about five to 10 seconds. And then I release. And what you're doing is you're releasing all that tension out of your body. And it does feel satisfying and you move all the way up. So I do my hands, I do my arms, I might clench my jaw and then release. And so that's progressive muscle relaxation. You're like allowing your mind to focus on something else that is releasing tension out of your body and it helps that energy go somewhere. And so that's one. Another one I like to do is grounding. And that's where you, I like to, sometimes when I'm really emotionally flooded, like I feel like, you know, I could scream, I could cry. Sometimes I like to pay attention to what day it is, what time is it? you know, who's the president. (laughs) I would like to feel the grass underneath my feet. And that's grounding is allowing yourself to just be present because we are often just in the, in the abyss. We are just doing our thing. And sometimes we don't realize that we're not, we're not present. We're not, we're not paying attention to the beauty that's around us right now. And so Those are some. And then obviously journaling is really cool, but I like to recommend my clients do targeted journaling. So targeted journaling is just basically where you journal about something very specific. So it's what is it that I'm feeling right now and what do I need? Like literally two questions. What am I feeling right now and what do I need? I like that because it takes kind of the pressure off. To, <laughs> yes. Right. Like you're just answering very specific questions. It's not a heavy yep. lift. You're not yep. just like exactly. freestyle, free writing. And that yep. journaling has always felt like a little bit like intimidating it to is. me. It yeah. is. Because yes. what are, I mean, what are we journaling about? I mean, is this fucking dear diary? You know what I mean? Right. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and you're like, is this enough? Is this yep. enough substance? When am I done? Like, and what what is the thing that I should be writing about? Like, I think that there are self inflicted pressures, and I do I do think it helps because I think it it you're able to put down on paper just immediately what's on your mind, and I think that that obviously serves as a release, but. I also think like, I know that this is a little bit obvious, but meditating for me is very, very helpful. I think that in those moments when you have all those emotions and you're so overwhelmed, I know the last thing that people want to do probably is like sit and be still and be inside their thoughts. (laughs) But I, I do these, these daily calms by Jeff Warren, who heads up the calm app and they're just, Oh yes, I know exactly. Yep. Yeah. They're like nine to 15 minutes. And each day there's like a new theme and it's mostly guided meditation. So it's not so much where you're just like sitting and thinking in silence. Like he's talking to you about all different ways to be present and to be in the moment. And so, you know, those are really little things that I think if you can do them on a consistent basis will help you like regulate your emotions. Right. Yes. Yes. Because yeah, because I, I mean, I think that when we're able to regulate our emotions, we're able to make decisions that are in our 
our best interests. Yes. And because I always tell my clients, your feelings are not always the facts. Right. Just because you feel it doesn't make it true. Yeah, I know. Timmy has to tell me that all the time. <laughs> I know, but it's easier said than done, right? Like, yes. that, but that's also another way of emotionally regulating is yeah. being able to have your go-tos. What are your go-tos that help you feel centered and calm? Mm-hmm. And now a word from one of our ad partners. Summer means school's out, the kids are back home with a lot of free time. And my summer goal for Sonny was to keep him engaged and excited. Out school has the best solutions. You can enroll in a fun, flexible learning experience with over 140,000 online classes and camps for every kid and any interest. OutSchool also offers the widest variety of classes so kids are free to learn about anything they can imagine, from video game design and entrepreneurship to freestyle dancing and magic lessons. There's something for kids of all ages, grades, and all interests. OutSchool empowers kids with different styles of learning, from live online classes to one one-on-one tutoring so they can really choose how they want to learn. OutSchool provides a learning environment that is fun, friendly, and flexible so kids can connect with teachers and kids around the world through their shared passions. Give your child a whole community of new friends. OutSchool will have your kids loving to learn and having fun doing it. Head over to outschool.com slash withwit and use code withwit to learn all about OutSchool summer programs and save $15 on your child's first class. That's O-U-T-S-C-H-O-O-L dot com slash with wit to save $15 on your child's first class. One more time, outschool.com slash with wit and use code with wit. All right, now back to the episode. What is a typical work day like for you? And like, and how do you make sure that you're fitting in moments of self-care for yourself? Yeah. A typical work day is number one, I wake up and I, so I, I, I bought Lauren, uh, Lauren Bostic. I bought her yeah. ice roller. Oh, amazing. <laughs> so I use her ice roller every day, honey. Like I gotta be <laughs> snatched. <laughs> I use the ice roller every day. I love that thing. It stays cold for forever. One of the best I mean, one of the best innovations on this market. And so I use that on a daily basis and I, a skincare, I am a snob. <sighs> I, I mean, everything organic on my face, give it to me. Glow recipe. Hello, honey. Like, oh, so I, good. So good. Like so much good stuff. And so I love to do skincare. I love to massage my face. I look, cause you know, you're puffy in the morning. I love to pray. I love to listen to, oh, like I, I love to listen to manifestation type music, very positive, very much affirmation based music. And so, cause I find that if I'm listening to Drake and I'm working, like it's not motivating for me, but if I'm listening to something that's more spiritual and just more feel good, I get so much done and I feel happy in the process. So y'all pay attention to the music you're listening to as you're working. I start my oh. day. It is so helpful. I start my day at 11 a.m. And I'm typically done. I take lots of breaks throughout the day and I'm typically done around four or five. And right now I'm doing this 15 hour work week thing. And it is amazing because you don't realize as a business owner, how much busy work you give yourself and yep. you're not always focusing on the things that matter the most. It's so true. <laughs> Isn't it's that so true. true? No, it is. I just had, I had a Another like an amazing entrepreneur she used to work was like the right hand for Jeff Bezos. And oh, she yes. Was, she was talking to me about really paying attention to what is actually yielding results and to be focusing on those things. And when you actually focus in on those things, you take out a lot of that busy work and you're able to work less. But the work has more quality. Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I 100% have seen the results of that because, and I think too, and wh- I may, maybe you feel this way, but I used to have a lot of guilt about 
working. Like I felt yeah. like as a business owner, I needed to work all the time. Uh, yeah, and 100%. that's why I, I think the 15 hour work week is like my way of rebelling because mm-hmm. it is, I do not, I no longer subscribe to that, like capitalism, burn yourself into the ground in order to make it. I don't mm-hmm. believe in that anymore. So I are can, you able, yeah, I was going to say like, are you able to really not believe in that? And when other people feel like they're <sighs> yes. like, or feels like people are working harder, are you able to not yes. compare yourself? Yes. Like, how do you I am. Feel? Yeah, yeah, because I because I work hard. I just yeah. work hard on the things that really matter. And yeah. I, I have no interest in because I used to do this. So that's why I feel so strongly about it is that you it's not a badge of honor to be busy all the mm-hmm. time. It's mm-hmm. not. It's really not like it's not the flex you think it is. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love you know, that. It's not the flex you think it is like, sis, I just worked 15 hours and I crushed it. I made so much money and it's not about the money, but it's about how efficient was I with that? Because I would take that same amount of time and work 40 some hours for what? For what? Like I didn't have to because I don't have a team. You know, I don't have a team. I have one person that helps me out. She's my online business manager. That's it. Yeah. So what am I, what am I doing that for? All of my marketing, I do all of that myself, but it doesn't need to take forever. It's just, and that plus client time is about 15 hours. And this is what we work so hard for in entrepreneurship is to be able to make more and work less you know, and still get, and it's the same output. So I think that's why I don't get bothered by other people because I know I've been there. I've done the whole hustle, hustle thing. And I I'm just unavailable for that anymore. I'm about ease. I'm about abundance. I'm about enjoying my life and making bank. (laughs) It's interesting. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting that you realize once you have implemented those changes, like how much happy you are and how much like more productive you actually can be. But I know that like in this vein, some people may think, okay, if I'm working less, that means less income. And I know we talked a little bit about income inconsistency. So like, how do you help clients cope with income inconsistency while also telling them, you know, to take care of themselves yes. and like not work as much. Like it right. kind of goes against each other. So it's hard it for does. us to make sense of this. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my God. Wait, this is a really good question. So, <laughs> so this is, so I help them unravel the root of this like negative core belief. It's not okay. true. Uh-huh. It's you have to unlearn it. So I have them look at the evidence. What is the evidence that shows that you have to work 50 hours a week in order to make this amount of money? Mm -hmm. And they typically have no other evidence except themselves or what they have seen other people do. Right. And then I introduce a new concept, which is what if I told you, what if I were to tell you that I can tell you 10 people right now, 10 CEOs right now, famous people who who do this. They don't, they make the same amount of money, but they work less. So it's helping them see how, what their beliefs are, are not rooted in fact. It's rooted in opinion. And it's, you have to introduce a new concept, new evidence that proves that opinion wrong. And so that's why I work so hard with business owners on knowing the difference between your feeling and what the actual fact is. What fact has led you to this belief that you are unable to generate money working less hours? And I, and sometimes they, I, you know, sometimes they talk with their business coaches because I'm not a business coach. I just focus on mindset and I'll work with them on trusting themselves, seeing the results, seeing that, okay, if I maybe raise my prices, because a lot of business owners struggle with pricing and especially service-based business owners pricing themselves and pricing their, you know, whether you're a graphic designer, website designer, whatever it is that you do in entrepreneurship, sometimes the answer is, are you actually charging for your expertise or are you charging a number because you think that's all people can afford? Right. That makes That is sense. a whole nother mindset fuck. Right. That a lot of people don't realize is that they're projecting their own beliefs onto their clients. And so when you can see that, you know what? Okay. If I raise this website design package, right? They add the value. If I raise it to, you know, $10,000, $10,000 for the package, I can, you know, maybe, you know, take on four less clients than before. You know, so if they double their prices, hey, now you get to work. That's the evidence that they need a lot of the time. They need to see that it can work. They need to see that they can be in integrity, charge for their expertise and work less. 
it gets to work. Right. You know, so it gets to work. So it gets true. to work. So a lot of yeah. the time we have these limiting beliefs that hold us back from our potential. And sometimes it just takes working with that one person who just opens your eyes to a whole nother perspective. And you just have to be willing to be flexible with your thinking, flexible with introducing new beliefs into the room. Yeah. You know, I feel like it's probably so freeing for so many people because it's just like this way of thinking that they didn't realize existed. Yes. And it's separating their worth from their work. I love that. Because a lot of the time, the reason why they're struggling and they're working so much is because they believe that this is the only way. Yeah. Oh, I love and, that. You know, and yeah. that's not true. No. That's rooted in your own emotions and your opinion, but that's not the actual truth. And so when you really want to do the mindset work and unravel that, you know, that toxic narrative, like come holler at me. I got uh -huh. you. <laughs> I love that. I love that because it's so outside. It's so hard to get outside of our own thoughts or like how we perceive ourselves. And sometimes we don't even realize that that's what we're doing. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I do is I help business owners just unravel the limiting beliefs they have so that they yes. can truly see that they were meant to be abundant. They're meant to thrive and they get to thrive. And so does their business. Yes. I love that. So before I let you go, tell us about your podcast, Crush the Mindset, uh, and, yes. and what listeners can expect from oh it. Oh my gosh, Crush the Mindset Spiral, y'all. It's a fucking hoot. Like, <sighs> literally, I do celebrity tea at the, at the beginning because I just... Oh my God, fun. Oh my God. Like, when, it is the fucking best. I do celebrity... <laughs> I do celebrity tea. I do pop culture tea. And then I, I transition and talk about mindset because I really want to model to business owners listening that you get to have it all. You get to bring your full self into your business. As a Black woman, as a Black West African woman in corporate, I always felt like I needed to hide who I was, what I was interested in, the way I cussed, the way I wore my hair. And I'm free to be who the fuck I am. And so in Crush the Mindset Spiral podcast, you can expect me to talk about the real mindset shit in business ownership that people are afraid to talk out loud. We're going to talk about being jealous right. of your competitors. We talk about being jealous of your colleagues who are crushing it while your business seems to be tanking. We're going to talk about being jealous of other people's opportunities. We're going to talk about the worries that can keep business owners up at night regarding their business. Like I self-sabotage. We talk about that in entrepreneurship and what it looks like to be self-sabotaging. And so we talk about mm -hmm. all the real stuff and we laugh a lot. We laugh a lot. And so the season comes back, season two, I believe it's going to come back in August. So I am super excited to yes. be interviewing you with on the, on the podcast. It's going to be so good. I already <laughs> have so many questions, but yeah, that's what you can expect from Crush the Mindset Amazing. Spiral. So if you're a business owner and you're interested in just talking about business and talking about mindset, go and download, subscribe, rate and review. I hope that you oh, love it. Amazing. Thank you so much. Oh and my gosh, tell thank you. everyone where else they can find you online and on Insta and everything. Yes. So if you are a business owner and you desire to learn how to crush your own mindset spirals and entrepreneurship, you can go to my website at topsybannenbosch.com. It'll be in the show notes and you can download my free guide. It's so good. How to destroy the mindset spirals and entrepreneurship. You can go and find me on Instagram at topsy, T-O-P-S-I-E. I should be the only one. Otherwise, I'm going to have to fight her. So I'm topsy on Instagram. And those are the two places yeah. that I'm the most active. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Thank you Tati. for having me. I'll talk to you soon when I'm on your pod. Yes. Thank you so much, Wit. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you loved this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I'd love to hear what you think and anything more or even less you'd want to hear about. Tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. If you want to know more about what I'm up to, you can find me on Instagram at Whitney E. Port, my website, WhitneyPort.com, and my YouTube channel, Whitney Port. Peace in the streets.